Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 in 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Tom Hackett, former Ute punter and a current contributor to KSL Sports coming up here momentarily. Gordon, and we'll ask him about, you know, the future for the Utes. Um, we'll ask him what he thinks about Tyler Huntley's uh, prospects as an NFL quarterback. And I guess he uh, played a little golf with our good friend Ben Anderson, who helps us on the jazz broadcast, and we'll ask him how bad Ben is at golf. Uh, if you had one little piece of advice when it comes to uh, playing good golf, what would it be? Uh, let's see. You know, know, you know what the standard answer is, right? What's that? Keep your head down. Yeah, that's probably a pretty good one. I was going to say, don't, don't think about it too much. That can be overcooked sometimes because, anyway, uh, we don't need to get I thought into your it. answer would be cheat. <laughs> not, not true. I don't even really keep score when I play. Just shave a few strokes, you know, Unless two, I'm three, a hole. really well, <laughs> then I go ahead and keep score if the numbers are good. When in doubt, give yourself a better lie. That's Gordon's theme. <laughs> no, no. If you I don't, don't like do your that. shot, give yourself a better one. The Gordon Monson <laughs> approach to golf. <laughs> Not true. Come on, knock that off. What'd you get? Always a birdie, the Gordon Monson golf story. <laughs> no, not at all. If you're going to cheat, why play the game? I don't know. You tell me. I, I'm not a cheater. Mm. If I'm playing, if I'm playing with friends and we're we're really keeping score, no way am I going to cheat. Mm. Uh, that's ridiculous. But oftentimes, when I go to play recreationally, I won't even. I mean, I have a general idea in my mind what my score is, but I'm not, like, counting every stroke. All I know is is I've played with you before, and when I've thought, oh, Gordon is long lost in the woods, miraculously you find it within 50 yards of the Oh, now you're just making stuff up. Oh, here, guys, guess what? I found it after all. It's right here. (laughs) Right here. What a miraculous shot. It must have bounced off a tree or something. Uh, you're getting me mixed up with someone else. Mm. I, don't, mm. I don't. I don't. I don't, uh, I don't. I don't. If you're keeping, if you're keeping legitimate score, I don't. Uh, don't. I, I won't. I don't want to play with cheaters. All right, let's get it out to the uh, Sprint special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or a Samsung Tab A for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Of course, he's former Ute contributor at uh, kslsports.com as well. He is Tom Hackett with us on the Big Show. And first and foremost, Tom, how are you? How are those uh, uh, your family and loved ones? Jake Gordo, I'm um, I'm doing well. Well, you know, about as, as good as one can be, I guess. Um, we're hanging in there, so. Uh, just staying home, trying to trying to make ends meet and um, and, and smile as often as I can. I've, I've kind of gotten to the point, and I don't know where you guys are, but I've gotten to the point where I don't look at, I don't watch the news a ton anymore, and I try not to hit, you know, if you're on Twitter, the Explore page or anything to see the latest updates because um, because you kind of know what you're getting yourself into before you click, don't you? It's true, uh, and but I'll tell you, every time I hear a bit of encouraging news, isn't it? Uh, is, I mean, you take it with a grain of salt at this point because everyone has to be patient. But man, I, it, it brings a smile to my face when I hear something positive. 
No doubt. No, you're 100% correct. So you got to, you know, as small as, as the positive news may be during these times, I guess you've got to take it and run with it and, uh, and, and, and try and think about it as much as possible. But we're, um, you yeah, know, we're, 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 we're well. Um, we're just kind of bunkering down. We bought a, a house right before this whole thing came about, and so we just barely moved in. And then seven weeks ago, we had our first uh, little boy, Freddie. So we're kind of, you know, I guess the silver lining for me, although I wish this was this crisis and pandemic wasn't happening, was I'd normally be in the office right now, but uh, I'm at home hanging out with little Freddie and, of course, the missus. And, and so life for me is not, not as bad as I'm sure as it is for some, gents. How are you, how are you spending your time other than being with the family? Um, you know, losing my mind slightly, um, <laughs> jumping in my living room. Uh, we got a new couch. I've kind of been jumping on that to tw- to wear it in. I've been putting golf balls around a lot, uh, trying not to dent any of the walls. But, uh, you know, I have done a lot of cooking, um, which I've been doing the last couple of years now, I guess. But, uh, but, but while you're home all day, you've got more time to prepare food and um you know i can start cooking at about five o'clock as opposed to normally six or seven if i were to be going into the office so i've been cooking a lot obviously uh it's uh it's fun it kind of gets me out of my uh, out of my couch and uh and puts me in the kitchen and, and takes my mind off things and 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 feed the feed the wife i guess so she's breastfeeding so the more nutrients she can get in her body the better freddie will be Tom Haggett with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now, Tom, I understand for a piece for KSLSports.com, you and Ben went out and uh, and played a little golf. Of course, Ben helps us with our jazz coverage. We know Ben very, very well. Because my question is, how good a golfer is Ben, and is he liberal with the rules like my friend Gordon Monson? Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I won't beat around the bush. Um He's a he's a horrible golfer. Uh, he <laughs> he's really bad. So so I'm fortunate. Every Sunday night at uh, roughly 11:15, you turn on Channel Five. You can check out the Hallowed Ground. This week's guest is a, a fellow by the name of Patrick Fishburn. He's actually a pro golfer from the Ogden area. So that'll be fun to get to, to get cremated by him. But we got to Ogden Golf and Country Club. Very nice. And I knew we were in strife when uh, when Ben showed up in in jeans they were like you know they weren't <laughs> denim jeans necessarily they were they were dyed almost like a navy color so I, I knew what he was trying to do he was trying to make it out as if they weren't jeans but but they were still denim and um and of course he had his nikes on that that were more skateboarding shoes than anything and <laughs> uh, that was all before he pulled out the clubs that looked like you know gordon probably played with them back in the 1970s and uh Anywho, we managed, um, and uh, he was horrible. He was horrible. He was really bad. I mean, uh, love him to bits. And he does great work for you guys, much like he does for us. But he's, uh, he's no golfer, let me tell you that much. I'll, I'll so, tell you this, Tom. Gordon shows up to golf in jeans all the time. No, and, I don't. And when we told no, him I that don't. that was a faux pas, he said, why would that be a faux pas? I, I don't show up in jeans all the time. I have shown up in jeans before, <laughs> but uh, uh, only at the appropriate track. What, like Willow Creek Country Club? <laughs> uh, Isn't that where it happened? Well, that, yeah, that did happen once. Yeah, it did. With, 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 but it was the Oscar the Grouch T-shirt that really got me in trouble. I yeah, think. they didn't. They didn't like that much. So you and Tom, no, Tom, how did you get to be such a good golfer? So 
um, I guess much like my cooking, I just kind of picked it up all of a sudden and, and, and it started to become, become a hobby. I played back home in Australia, but it was more social than anything. We'd hack it around. And, and, um, and then I came out here. I realized that playing golf was actually somewhat affordable, despite you know not making a ton of money being on the Utah football team at the time. And uh, one of my good friends, who, who you guys know, Andy Phillips, he... Um, He's been into golf for much longer than I have, so um, I guess we kind of we kind of just picked it up, and he kind of showed me the ropes. And I wasn't very good at all. I'd shoot, I'd shoot 110, you know, back in 2012, 2013 when I first got out to Utah, and just progressively got better. I think playing with Andy obviously helped a lot because he he's a decent golfer himself, and um, during during the football season, every every Wednesday we'd go up. Just uh, just up the canyon to Mountain Dell and um, and play eighteen and 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 we did that um, every week and and I think that you know the more you play the the better you get hopefully um, but it's it's an addiction much like punting in the sense that um, you know when when you punt a football it's, I guess it might not be that well known a fact but it is rather intricate um, and there is a reason that there are only thirty two jobs and very few people make them in the NFL, you know, if you're off an inch or two with your ball drop, the way it makes connection with the laces of your shoe, you know, it does have an effect on, on the tra- trajectory and the way the ball spins in the air. So, you know, similar to a golf swing, if, if you don't hit the ball out of the, the middle of the club face and, and you hit off the heel or the toe, then it's not going to go as far. It's not going to do what you want it to do. And so I guess, you know, the two have similarities in that sense. I, I guess I'm kind of a psycho when it comes to difficult challenges and, and trying, you know, keyword, they're trying to master something that is almost impossible to master. But um, I, I love it. I love it to bits. It's all I think about besides, of course, Freddie and, and my lovely wife and, and everything else. But, but golf's a passion of mine. And, uh, and Utah is such a beautiful part of the world to be into golf because of how many options you've got. You've got so many options just out the back door to, to trot on and doesn't cost an arm and a leg like it does back home so I um, no I, I've kind of fallen in love with, with that part of uh, with that part of Utah I must admit I, I, I've always heard that there's a, a correlation between kicking uh, more kicking than punting but maybe both right. in golf you know I mean there are similarities there that uh, you have to keep in mind no 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 you're, you're correct more so field goal kicking just because the motion of a golf swing uh, in comparison to kind of the, the leg swing of a field goal kicker. There's, there are a lot of similarities. There's a, there's a reason that on the majority of NFL teams, the best golfer is, is normally the, the field goal kicker or at least one of the specialists. I think, you know, that and combined with the fact that we have far too much time on our hands probably plays <laughs> into it as well. But, um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a beautiful game. It's, it's incredibly difficult. Uh, but it gets you outside, and uh, and I actually prefer to walk 18 as opposed to drive a cart. So I know I know I'm I'm a minority in that sense, but it's the purest form of the game. You get to see the track as well as uh, as well as you can, and and it gives you some time to just kind of let the wind blow, and and away we go. So golf's but very fun, um, and I'm fortunate that I get to do it once a week now, at least with work. Um, so I can't complain about that. But I don't, I, you know, going back to the original question, Jen, so I, I don't think I'm going to invite Ben on again. 
<laughs> Tom Hackett is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And, Tom, uh, I'm sure you've told this uh, this story a number of times. But for our listeners, tell us your recruiting story because you really started a trend in, in college football of, uh, of Australians coming in and playing and really taking the position to the next level. And you kind of started all that. Um, I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, I wasn't the first. Um, I, I will say that so I was. I was probably somewhere around number eight or so. But I, um, you know, long story. Long story short, I, I didn't do very well in high school. And it's worth noting the high school systems are different in Australia as, as they are out here because I, I hear it's rather easy. Uh, high school out here, but um, but back home it certainly wasn't, or at least I didn't find it that way. And and so I was sitting on my couch one one night watching the six o'clock local news. Um, it was a summer, It was during the summer months, so beautiful beautiful evening in, in Melbourne, Australia. And, and I saw a former Australian rules football player, which is kind of the biggest sport played in in Melbourne. And um, and he was going to have a crack at trying to play in the NFL. I thought, geez, that's odd. I, Never really thought about it a ton, um, but I was a I was a talented Australian rules football player. My my biggest strength was always my ability to kick the football accurately and and a decent and a decent way down the field. So I I, I just quite simply reached out to this fella who uh, was on the news, kind of coaching this former Australian rules football player who was quite famous and. He said to come down for a evaluation, and I went down, and I, I didn't do well. I, I shanked the ball all over the place, but I guess he didn't really care. All he looks at is kind of how much leg strength you have, how fast and explosive you are. And he told me I was good enough, which I was surprised. I then had to convince the old man to, to fork up some change because I didn't have it have it in my back pocket, and and he did. I was very grateful and fortunate. In fact, I still owe. I still owe my old man um, um, that money, so maybe I'll get it to him here shortly. But, you know, 12 months goes by, I'm in this program working out, and uh, Coach Hill, who was the special teams coach at Utah, he just came across a YouTube video, which is kind of where we put all the film, and uh, spoke to Coach Whittingham, and, and Whittingham allowed him to, to travel down to Australia. And, of course, you know, not, not to see me punt, because that would be an NCAA violation, but just to meet my coach from Australia and spend... 24 hours down there. Literally, Coach Hill was in Melbourne for about 24, 36 hours. He was a, a walking zombie the entire time. It was, it was hilarious. But, um, but he was, he was impressed, impressed enough to, to, to bring me out to Utah on a one-way ticket. And of course, they didn't offer me a scholarship because they, they said I'd never played before, which, which I thought was fair enough at the time. And so I had to earn it. After about uh, nine months being in the program, I, I scratched and clawed my way. To gain in the scholarship, and I guess the rest uh, the rest is history. So unique unique experience. Nowadays, you know these kids growing up in Melbourne that are in the same program, they they're getting some pretty big time offers. So um, so so life's a lot easier for them back then as opposed to when it was when I was coming through it all. But certainly grateful it is, and thanks uh, thanks Jake for reminding me that I owe my old man uh, <laughs> a chunk of change. <laughs> Sorry about that, Tom. So, Tom, a question for you. Where do you keep your Ray Guy awards? Um, that's a good question, Gordo. Not many people, I guess, ask that. But um, they're actually in Australia. Um, so I, I, I don't know how I'm going to get them back. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't, not trying to brag, but they're, a de- they're actually a decent size. Trophy, they're big. Which is kind yeah. of fun. Yeah. 
Um, so what, I guess the reason I did that was because when I was in college, I was I was rooming with a bunch of people, right? A bunch of a bunch of my teammates, and so we'd we'd constantly have people over, you know, whether it be to socialize, just to hang out, and I didn't necessarily trust myself more so than anyone. Um, to keep them there, you know, if we threw a little house party or, or a little social event, you know, who knows who would wander into my room, see them and, and pluck them out the back door. So I thought, you know what, for now, they're just probably safe back home with mum and dad. And uh, I think they're just gathering dust in the garage. But uh, they're in Australia and um, and hopefully one day I'll be able to get them back. I guess I'll just have to pay for shipping now. The university paid for it back then. But uh, the, the university also has has um has the trophies as well they when when student athletes um are given awards at, at the college football home depot award show the universities um offered i guess to pay for their trophy you know so i get the original one and then the university will have an option to spend i don't know x amount of dollars to have one for themselves to put in the trophy room unfortunately um, Jeff Rudy Carl Winningham and the gang up there on the hill did that so you can see him in the trophy room up there as well Tom, was Tom, your wife Tom. was your wife impressed by the fact that you're a two-time Ray Guy award winner is she uh, did she uh, you know did that help you I'm I'm not just saying this to, to you know try and be, be funny or anything she she could care less um, <laughs> in fact you know you should come watch me play and her, her brothers, my 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 brother-in-laws, would would kind of tell me that they'd have to, you know, shake her and get her off her phone or or stop talking to her friends or whatever she was doing to tell to tell her that I was out there. Um, <laughs> she likes basketball, which is cool because I think I think basketball is a fun sport, but she really has no interest in in the game of American football. So no, that didn't help me, um, Gordo. In fact, the first time I met my my wife, she thought. I had a fake accent, and um, I, I had to show her my Australian driver's license as well as my passport for her to believe that, no, I actually wasn't from around here. I think that was probably the first, uh, the first, the first bit of interaction we had was, was me convincing her that, that, that I'm not from here. Tom Hackett with us here on 97.5 and, and 1280 The Zone. And I uh, I got to ask you this question out of personal curiosity, and, and I'll tell you why. We, uh, My wife and I uh, honeymooned in Fiji. And uh, as you, I'm sure, know, Fiji, a lot of Australians will vacation there. And we met some really, really good friends who, a couple years later, came and did a tour of the States. And they, they brought the tour through Salt Lake City, and we got to see them again. And they were on their way to San Francisco. And we told, told them, oh, man, you've got to go see the San Francisco 49ers. You've got to go to an NFL game. And they went, and they hated it. And they thought it was slow and boring. So my question for you is, how long did it take you to actually start liking football? Uh, well, first off, I, I love Fiji. Uh, I've been there, Amazing. and uh, beautiful part of the world. It's amazing, yeah. If you can ever get there, it's uh, it's it's remarkable. But it took me um, it took me it took me a while. Uh, it really, in, in fact, it took me about a year and a half. Um, just just quite simply because I didn't understand the game. You know, it's intricate, and and it still is. And you know, you know, when it comes to the X's and O's and formations and movement before the ball snapped and you know defense is disguising kind of what they're trying to do it really is it's one of the more intricate games in the world i think the majority of people that watch the game of american football they follow the ball 
which which is which isn't what I, I think you know quarterbacks, former quarterbacks, current quarterbacks, they they don't necessarily watch it the same way as the average fan like myself now. So um, it took me about a year and a half. I I actually had to. It, I started rooming with uh, Travis Wilson. He was a roommate of mine for the majority of of my college experience. And and it wasn't until kind of that time where we would turn on college football, you know, during during Saturdays when uh, when we're in the hotel room or whatnot and I'd be hanging out with him or Sundays we'd be watching the NFL at home and I would kind of have to pick his brain a bit to, to just just figure out why was that flag thrown there? Why is he doing that kind of thing? And he would explain it to me. And that's when, you know, I, I started to catch the bug and I was like, man, this is a, a really fascinating game. Uh, so intricate. Uh, it's, it's crazy. Um, and, and like I said earlier, I mean, I still watch the game of football and half the time I feel as though I, I just, I don't know what either team's necessarily trying to do. You know, how are they setting up certain plays? Um, but if you, if you ever speak to, and you guys have it a thousand times, but for the listeners, if you ever get to speak to a Scotty Mitchell of the world or somebody that's played the position at a rather high level, you'll quickly learn that they just see the game differently and they can read, they can read cues you know, before anybody else can. And, and that, to me, is fascinating. And uh, I don't know if I'll ever get to that point necessarily, but, um, but I've certainly learned a lot in the eight years I've been here. I've, I've uh, fallen in love with, with just the concept of it, uh, the physicality's entertaining, uh, but at the same time, it's remarkably technical as well. It's, uh, you know, the, the details that go into certain position groups off, off the field and on the field is, you know, it's a joy to watch once you start to get the hang of it. Tom, do you consider yourself an athlete? Uh, I never have. I, I, honestly, I, I never have. And I think that was probably one of the main reasons I, I just didn't work out in, in, in the NFL. Um, I got to the New York Jets. I thought, you know, this is cool. I'll give it everything I had. Um, but at the end of the day, Gordon, it, I just don't think mentally I believed in my athleticism enough. You know, I was skilled, and I could do things with the football that not many people could do at the time. Um, but but when it comes, you know, I mean, the, the the level of athlete in a college locker room, let alone a, uh, an NFL locker room, there is a difference. And I, I was in too deep, I felt. Uh, I, well, I didn't have the same confidence I had at the college level. Um, and, and when that opportunity with the Jets slipped by, I, um, I had a workout with the Detroit Lions. And, and when that was done, I, um, I just said, you know what, enough's enough. I'm not going to I'm not going to waste my time anymore. Let's start making some half-decent money and, and go into the real world. But no, I, I just, I never felt as though I was, I was all that athletic. Um, I have pretty good hand-eye coordination and that's, that is in all seriousness, that's about it. So when it comes to like catching things, kicking things, tracking balls through the air, like I'm, I'm not bad, you know. I can, I can hit the tennis ball pretty well, the golf ball, you know, a baseball, whatever it is. But, but just running, jumping, and, and that sort of athleticism, then, yeah, I, I, I don't have it. And I think, you know, you look at Mitch Wisnowski, my good friend who comes to the 49ers now, that was one of the main reasons I think he was such an attraction for NFL teams. Not only could he 
kick the living piss out of any football, but he can run fast, he can jump high, he's he's an athlete, he can kind of hang with the big boys in the weight room, if you will. I, I was embarrassed any time I stepped foot in there. Still am. Well, Tom, thanks for coming on. What are you working on? What can we look forward to over there at kslsports.com? Uh, I've got uh, another golf show in the works. I've, I've started this little project with uh, with Casey Scott, who I'm sure many of you listeners remember from his morning television days. And um, yeah, just swing by, of course, kslsports.com. If you want to follow me on all my platforms, I'm at Tom Contact. I'd appreciate a follow. And uh, I just want to try to put smiles on faces, guys. I guess that's all I really care about right now is trying to take take people's minds off the grim reality that, that we're faced with. So if you want to come have a laugh, then uh, I'd love to have you. Well, thanks for jumping on, Tom. Congratu- uh, congratulations on the new addition to your family, and try and get some sleep when you can, huh? Yeah. Gents, be well. Thanks, uh, thanks again. It's always a pleasure. Thanks, Tom. Tom Hackett, former Ute punter and uh, current contributor at kslsports.com. Oof, seven weeks, Gordon. I, uh, I'm only a couple of years removed from that, and uh, uh, that's rough. Yeah, does uh, I find that interesting what he was saying. He doesn't consider himself an athlete because being a punter, I mean, I think kickers are vastly underrated as far as not just what they're capable of doing, but how valuable they are. I mean, people make fun of them and they think they're this, that, and the other. But you gotta have you gotta have a good punter and a good kicker if you want to be successful as a team. And Tom was, you know. He was he he really changed games by reversing the field. Yeah, he did, and and he was really great at Utah. There's there's no doubt about it. But you know, I don't I I, I get you with the importance of kickers and punters, and I I wouldn't necessarily not call them athletes. But do you remember when Gary Anderson or whatever his name was was kicking at sixty seven or however old he was? Would you <laughs> did you really look at that guy and say, man, there's a athletic specimen in his prime? He wasn't that old. Come on. How old did he? He kicked until he was darn near fifty, didn't he? I thought he was in his forties, some maybe early forties. Was he older than Morton Anderson? <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, let's see. How old was Gary Anderson when he retired? Googled forty-five. Forty-five. Wow. And there's a there's a picture. Which of one him. was the one bar face mask? That's what I was going to say. There's a picture of him with the Tennessee Titans with the one bar face mask. And the helmet so, barely fit on yeah, his head. So that was Gary, <laughs> who had to be the last one bar NFL player. Right? I, I think by rule, actually. Yeah, yeah no, because he was grandfathered in. Yeah, at some point. I mean, it was like the hockey mask, right? If you were playing before whatever date they mandated it, you were allowed to die of a concussion. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. you were allowed to act like a tough guy. I think it was the same thing with the the one bar face mask i don't know gordon you tell us it was more common you you saw the transition from leather helmets yes i did and uh we thought that was uh revolutionary at the time because you know i mean leather who doesn't like leather uh how old do you think morton anderson was when he retired uh was he older than gary i just said yes 47 he was 47 so are you looking at a 47-year-old Morton Anderson and going, boy, man, there's an athlete? <laughs> well, an athlete can age. No, uh, yeah, but considering he was still able to do his athletic, you know, feat yeah, at 47. I, you look at him and go, boy, there's someone that can eat a pie. Right. Oh, Andy's a kicker. And wow. a kicker, yeah. N- n- yeah. 
But no, I, I'm with you, Gordon. It's very important, kicking and punting. And and how many games, and this is obviously not quantifiable, but field position, big plays. I mean, Gordon, you and I were at uh, that Oregon game when uh, Tom had that fake punt. You know, how many games do you think his skill as a punter won for the Utes over his four oh, years, I, five years, uh, whatever it is, four years? Uh, I don't know, but uh, he was very valuable. A no few, I would it. say, yeah. right? Yes, they, at least. Yeah, I would agree. At least. And then the combo of he and Andy Phillips. I mean, how many games did those two win? So your yeah. your point about importance, I think, is well taken. However, I don't you know, necessarily say, <laughs> wow, there's a fine athlete. You know? <laughs> of course, I think race car drivers are athletes, too. Turning left. Yeah, but still. Uh, when, did, when did we define athleticism solely being how high you can jump or how far you can, how fast you can run? Because isn't hand-eye coordination an athletic trait as well? Well, Tom didn't seem to think so in his answer. I know, but I do. And and when I see what those guys do on the racetrack, who was it who said he used to lose like seven pounds during a a single race? I think it was you. No, it wasn't me. But that's – that it takes – Anybody that's ever tried to do that, and I don't suggest you try and do it out on the freeway, but go to a racetrack sometime and see. It's uh, very difficult. The best way to describe Rick Majerus, somebody said. Actually, I think it was me. A great man once said, come to think of it, that great man was me. (laughs) I didn't say great. You said the best way. Someone said to to describe the Rick best Majerus. way to describe Rick Majerus. Somebody said, actually, I think it was me. Okay, so I complimented myself on the description. I didn't say I was great or the best. I'm Gordon Monsey. <laughs> Stop. Stop. Uh, truly wise, the wisest of wise men. Man once said, "Well, come to think of it, that man was me." When do you, are you saying that there's an age limit on when you can consider yourself an athlete anymore? Uh, I'm just saying not many 47-year-olds are prime athlete football players. That's all. Well, but they could still be an athlete, though, right? Okay, sure, sure. You bet. All right, we'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. <laughs> that sounded awfully condescending. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. There's never been a year I didn't watch the NBA playoffs. I probably watched the NBA playoffs when I was so young, I didn't even know I was watching the NBA playoffs. And I love it today. I mean, obviously, I'm a sports geek. This is what I'm doing here for a job. And I desperately hope that it comes back. And I'm going to hold out hope that we're going to have some form. And it's not going to be the same. If they come back and have some concocted postseason that we've never seen before, I'm totally fine with it because the circumstances dictated it. And obviously, it was far beyond their control. Any form of entertainment, we're all starved for. And I freaking want my sports. And when they tell us that they deem it safe to have it come back, that's going to be a great day in our lives. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Get yourselves together. Stand up and live your life. Get yourselves together. It's definitely the peak of his NBA career and every accomplishment that he had as an athlete was a stepping stone to be here. We're incredibly proud of him. There's some solace in knowing that he was probably going to be a part of the 2020 Hall of Fame class. 
Vanessa Bryan right there. Welcome on back. It's Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, a Hall of Fame uh, group this year. Gordon, as we've talked about before, that includes Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, and Kevin Garnett. So quite the... Uh, that's quite the class. I mean, if you're headlined yeah. by those three players, uh, so, well, I, like we talked about yesterday, specifically those two players, I mean, that's pretty incredible. But, of course, Kevin Garnett certainly was a superstar in his own right. Yes, I, I agree. That uh, the, I mean, a lot of classes are really, really good, but that one has to be right up there near the top. And, you know, it, it'll, be, it'll be special because of uh, what happened earlier this year with, with Kobe Bryant. And it's a shame that this honor um, has to be posthumous. Human, how do I, am I, what am I saying, Gordon? Pos, it, posthumously. Thank you. Thank Very you all, good. Very thank you, well Austin. But I, I would imagine that this means a lot to his family. And we heard those comments from Vanessa right there. Yeah. It, well, it, you know, I mean, Kobe who's definitely a Hall of Famer, no doubt about that. But, uh, I mean, you're paying tribute to uh, to just uh, a, a great, great basketball player, as it should be. Yeah, no doubt about it. So uh, there you go. Thoughts from uh, Vanessa. Thought that was uh, thought that was pretty good. Did you see what Kevin Garnett said uh, about uh, Timberwolves owner Glenn Taylor today? Yeah, he ripped him, called him a snake. Called him a snake a bunch of times. Said there was a he had a deal in place with Glenn when Flip Saunders was still alive, and then when Flip passed, it just all went out the window. Which uh, I don't know. We're we're only getting Kevin Garnett's side of this whole thing. But what's he talking about? You think a piece of the franchise? I'm not sure because I mean, remember when Kevin Garnett signed that first deal? It was a, it was it was like revolutionary. It was like what 120 million dollars. Nobody could believe. That that dollar figure, it was huge, and so it's kind of weird to hear him uh, sort of badmouth him now. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of kind of strange. But you know, we we've talked a lot about ownership over the years, Gordon, how important it is. And you know, again, we're getting one side of this story, but gotta treat the the face of the franchise, you know, correctly, right? I mean, I, I would guess, and this is totally speculation guess, but I would guess at times Carl hasn't made it 100% easy, Carl Malone, that is, for the Jazz to really uh, embrace him after he's been retired, but they do, right? At every turn, you know, they've provided him opportunities to to consult and those sorts of things, and I think you just kind of have to take care of the, the players that took care of you because the reason that you know, ultimately, the reason that these franchises are worth billions, Gordon, is because the players built them, right? Okay, so the trick there is what do you, how do you define taking care of? Right, right. I mean, not get blasted via podcast would probably be a good start. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I'm the one that has said that uh, in the past that you have to, you have to, what's the word, acquiesce, I guess, to the greatness of someone who has meant so much to your franchise. But you sort of mm, poo-pooed that a little bit and said, uh, you gotta, "No, you got to take care of the franchise first, right?" Am I, am no, I no, no, mis- but you're, uh, misrepresenting I, what you said? Yeah, no, 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 no. Except for different circumstances, we're talking about taking care of Kevin Garnett uh, after he's retired. I'm not telling, saying fork over, um, you know, 35 <laughs> percent of the of the salary cap to a player that's washed up. Okay. You don't see the difference right. there? No, no. I you do. know, throw him I a do. retirement banquet, but don't give him $45 million a year. <laughs> okay. All right. Is there a player, name me a player who would be worth you giving up 
25% of your franchise to reward? Oh, man. 25%. That's a lot. Too much. Because I, I mean, mean, how many? What? Okay, what's 25% of, of $2 billion? What, $500 million? Is that right? Don't do math on the air. No, that yeah, can't be right. A, no, 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 that can't be right. Fifty million dollars? No, it'd be it'd be five hundred, wouldn't it? Okay, twenty five percent. Why? Why do you do this to me? Five hundred billion. Why do you do this? Why do twenty five percent? Okay, so I was I was right. Why did you? uh, Why did you uh, doubt me? I didn't. You doubted yourself. Why did you throw the question at me in the first place? Because I knew you were capable of coming up with the right answer. (laughs) You may not be able to pronounce posthumously, but you can do some math. <laughs> and somehow I still end up looking dumb. So my point is that that's a whole lot to give somebody. Who was it? Different people, different athletes have wanted uh, parts of the franchise before. I don't know who they were now, but it seems like that's something that I've heard athletes talk about. And that that's, uh, you know, that's a... When you see the value of these franchises, holy cow, that's a lot to give up. Didn't you? Uh, didn't you get fifteen points in your uh, semi-pro hockey team? Didn't you? Didn't you get fifteen percent of that club when you signed your final contract? <laughs> no, I didn't. No, no, you didn't. They didn't. No. They didn't come to the the table with equity, huh? No, no, no. Well, but I was. Uh, I don't want to get into what it. What was the name uh, of your keeper? Your final year there? Do you remember? Uh, you know, Keeper, he didn't question. play soccer. Goalie. You mean like a goaltender? Yeah, sure. Well, for for a couple of years it was Bill Puxley, but you know, I, mean, <laughs> uh, I, I sort of we've parted ways. I haven't really kept up with him. Bill Puxley. <laughs> that was amazing. Bill Puxley. Not not to be confused no, with the no, right no. winger John Ice Nettington. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not spelled P-U-C-K-S-L-E-Y. It's P-U-X. Bill Puxley. <laughs> Man, he can really stop that puck. How many teeth did he have, Gordon? <laughs> Bill had missing his two front ones, you know? Bill Puxley. <laughs> And Eric Redling, who was uh, the, the defenseman, right? <laughs> and, we used to play. We used to play hockey so much that we played. We played ice hockey during the winter, and oftentimes, of course, we play indoor in an arena there. But uh, but we also played floor hockey in the summer. Hmm. That was really fun. I really enjoyed that. That was kind of you know, had a little more recreational feel to it, but a lot of skill involved with that too. I remember our winger, first name Derek, last name Play, <laughs> middle name Power. <laughs> oh, man, you're too much, Gordon. All right, coming up next, not sports sport, Bowler at 5. Stay tuned. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. And now your not sports report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. <laughs>
Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for the Not Sports Report brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Uh, over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordo, where are we going today? We're going to Florida, but I, I have a question for you first, uh, Jake. If, if you were going to, uh, if you were going to, uh, well, it's hard to say it this way. If you were going to assault somebody, <laughs> what? Uh, and, but you didn't want to be lethal about it. What would you choose to attack a person with? <laughs> now, don't pretend you don't have an immediate answer ready, Jake. Uh, so like mace them. Because that sounds like you would that's, mace that's, them, like bear mace. You okay. know, like like really doesn't so, that okay. So we're not being funny. We're being serious here. We're going with actual weapons. I don't know. I thought you were going to say like a rented library book or something. I don't know. I thought <laughs> we're going to have some fun, but a, we'll a, go to right to death. An actual Bible? I, you don't die from amazing. I was just trying to think of being effective yet not lethal. <laughs> I was trying to answer the question. Uh, yeah, some sort of... Uh, Did you say bear mace? Some sort of, of sea creature, Gordon. I'd assault him with an octopus. Okay, well... <laughs> The reason I bring this up, and my computer is frozen, so I can't read the story right now, but I think Austin has it. A woman was involved in an attack, an assault, with some SpaghettiOs. Do you have the details there? Uh, Sadly, sadly, I have them. Um, (laughs) April 7, 2020, Florida, Dateline. A Florida woman is facing a felony domestic battery charge after allegedly clobbering a man with a can of SpaghettiOs a blow that left the victim with a large laceration on his head. According to an arrest affidavit, the victim told police that after arriving home from the hospital Saturday afternoon, he got into a verbal argument with uh, the woman, I'm not going to name her, the victim and her were sharing a room at a travel-in motel in Fort Pierce. The affidavit released by police has the victim's name redacted as well as details of what prompted the couple's fight. But the man told the cops that he sought to de-escalate the situation by gathering some of his belongings and stepping outside the room where he ended up sitting in a lawn chair. The woman, cops allege, began striking the victim while he was still inside the room. So It was a 15.6-ounce metal can of SpaghettiOs enclosed inside a plastic bag. Okay. So she was, I guess she was swinging, swinging it? Swinging a can of SpaghettiOs in a bag. Yeah, that sounds like a good Chef do Boyardee! Some, like, do some damage, I, I would think. Now, I personally have been, ins- have been assaulted by SpaghettiOs before, but only by eating them. And there goes our Chef Boyardee sponsorship. I've got, I've got no response to that whatsoever. That again, Once again, that whole story leads up to just one... Uh, one one liner. When was the last time you had canned spaghetti? Canned spaghetti or spaghettios specifically? Oh, well, either. The last time I had spaghettios, I was I want to say eight or nine years old. Yeah, I haven't had them since I was. A I kid. ate the can cold because my mom said I couldn't go to my friend's house until I had lunch. <laughs> so I just popped open a can and ate them as I walked to his house. I was there eleven minutes before I ran from the basement. <laughs> 
to try to get to the main floor bathroom, and uh, his parents had cream-colored carpet. It was tomato-colored carpet by the time I got to the... Oh, Austin, Just gross. everywhere. That is so gross. Just everywhere. Are you speaking specifically like about the what, came out, what came out of the can? Or? Don't eat the can. You have to cook them. You can't just uh, pop that thing open. Yeah. Okay. Just tomato sauce. I uh, well, I was at the store uh, maybe a year ago, and I hadn't had uh, spaghettios in a long time, so I got I got a can of it with the fake it meatballs work. in it, or just the regular. Yeah, yeah. I think it oh, did have that. There's your problem. Yeah, it wasn't uh, what I was expecting, but uh, anyway. Do you have to get I, new carpet? No, not no. that I remember. Hmm. Spaghettios fan, Jake? No, no, never have been. All right. They taste a little metally. Okay, I, I just don't understand why why was SpaghettiOs even named? Why is why is what was in the can relevant? The, <laughs> it was just a can of food. <laughs> because it makes it funnier. I mean, not funny, ha 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 ha, at your pain, but it just. I mean, who attacks someone with a can of SpaghettiOs? I don't know. <laughs> uh, certainly not Bowler. Yeah, Jake would have just maced the guy. I would have. Bear Mace. Have you ever seen that South Park? Bear yes. Mace that guy. <laughs> Bear Mace that guy. Uh, Bowler joins us coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.